And good morning. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And today we're going to be discussing what's going on with Fresno schools. It is a mess. And it is kind of a hidden mess. It is sad that more parents aren't mad as could be. Um, But I, I think that part of the problem is that it's a poor district in a lot of ways. And those people are struggling to survive, so it's hard to yes. pay attention to everything when you're struggling. Yeah, and you're 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 expecting your school to uh, take your child and to educate them, um, when in fact uh, they aren't. They're doing far from that, and so uh, their ed- their educators are not being as well trained. Uh, programs are being implemented that uh, uh, do not um, include all of the uh, students in the district. Uh, they're Angler, they're targeted towards one group or one uh, uh, ethnicity, and um, rather than the the uh, in total, the total uh, population of the district. Any student struggling should be uh, eligible for special programs. Oh yes, and that, that, that's that's my bottom line. And that, the law and the law says that you know using Title One funds and using ESSER funds that are now here in and L cap funds and so forth, um, they are required to do that. Andy, I'm going to come back to you in just a second. I've got just a couple calendar things I want to get through. Um, this Saturday, 3-5, March 5th, there is a critical race theory seminar in Clovis at the Veterans Hall. So from 3 to 5 p.m., just show up, folks. Being educated on this and understanding what the schools are trying to do and what the woke agenda is, is important. We've got three great speakers, and one of them's local. The other two are are, come, are, are flying in, but... I I know all three of them, and I think that this is an, a wonderful opportunity to learn about this issue and learn how to identify what's going on with this issue. And if you don't agree with it, what to do? Next thing, Sunday, March 6th, from 2 to 4, there's a medical freedom rally at Clovis <clears throat> and Shaw. Monday, we have the Clovis Chapter of Constitutionalists for California meeting. At 1123 Railroad Avenue. Tuesday, no Kingsburg meeting. So for all my fans from Kingsburg, uh, they've decided that they're going to take a week off because they have a big event coming. Wednesday, March 9th, there is a Fresno Unified School District meeting. (laughs) You know, you should at least go to a meeting and find out what it's all about. And it's a mess, but you need to know. You need to find out what the, the district's going to spend their budget on, so yeah. it'd be great to know. This is at 515. It's at 2309 Tulare Street, so it's downtown. Uh, parking is free in a lot of the areas. At the main After, park garage, yeah. Yeah. Got two more events on Saturday, March 12th. The Dollar Monthly is having a fundraiser. So the Dollar Monthly is a local Kingsburg paper, has about 7,000 distribution, and they're having a fundraiser. It's going to kind of be a 20s theme, which is going to be kind of cool, like a speakeasy. So a lot of people will be dressed in in 20s type clothes. There'll be dinner. There'll be gambling. It's $40 if you just want dinner and dancing, and it's $100 if you want to also go to gambling. Uh, there is alcohol in one place, 
And where is that? That is at the Kingsburg Historic Park, which is 2321 Sierra Street. And it is from 6 to 10 p.m. Should be a good time. I'm going. Hopefully, I'll, I'll see you there and get to meet you there. Final thing, uh, the Central Committee is having a meeting. So this is the Fresno General uh, Rendell Party, Republican Central Committee. And it is the Lutheran Church at Bullardon West. That is March 14th at 7 p.m. Um, their meetings are now open. So, you know, you won't have a vote. You probably won't have a chance to speak, but you will have a chance to meet the people that run the Central Committee and find out when there's a chance to vote. Do they need to be reelected? Are they people that are moving us in the right direction or are they not? Um, I think that's fair. Today, I'm joined by somebody that is truly dedicated. Uh, I, I don't know anybody that has been to as many school board meetings as this man has. His name is Andrew Fabula. Fabella. Fabella. I'm sorry. Yes. I will try to get that right. That's okay. That's a third different way it's been stated. I've heard it. Fabiola and so forth. So. Okay. Fabella it is. Okay. So just to, just a brief intro. Yeah. Why are you running? Who are you? I'm running to uh, help correct uh, all the difficulties that are, are taking place right now within the, uh, the district uh, from corruption uh, that is going on in different departments to uh, uh, poor uh, uh, test scores uh, that have been languishing amongst all of our schools, uh, the unpreparedness of our students to enter into the next grade level, uh, the unpreparedness of our graduates uh, to go on to college or into a career because they can't read or write. Um, these are just uh, a, a small number of things uh, that I'm trying to target right now. Well, welcome. When we, when we, we're going to go ahead and go to break. Okay. When we come back, we're going to continue a little bit with your story. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. And good morning. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. I have two guests today. Uh, We are discussing the mess at Fresno schools. One person is already there, has kind of an inside view, and the other person has probably as close to an inside view as you can get, having been to more board meetings than anybody I've ever met. I'm sure there's people that have been to more than 250, but I think that's a pretty small portion of the population <laughs> i would suggest eric that you if we discuss people that are not elected that this would be the record the only person you know god heaven I forbid we get, we get davis who's been yeah. on the board for 20 years i guess she's probably been to more than that yeah. but as an unelected person who actually is paid to get there because none of the staff that goes to these has been on the payroll for that long yeah. so i mean he is probably the laurel wearer <laughs> yeah um that's probably why I know more about school bonds, uh, 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 but or, um, excuse me, um, what do you call it? Uh, oh my God! Oh, school bond measures and so forth, as well as uh, 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 teaching and so forth. And actually, uh, you were going to ask me about uh, why I feel so uh, uh, the best candidate available. So I'm going to actually pause you, and I want you to think about that for a minute, and just introduce my other guest. Can you give just a brief introduction? I am Major Terry Sladek, United States Marine Corps, retired. I am often known as that a-hole Marine on the school board in Fresno. And and I, I say that in only a little bit of levity. But 
it's a rare week, Eric and audience and Andy, where I'm not sitting in a coffee shop somewhere. And, and I'll, I'll use this specific example because uh, he's a known guy here in Fresno. Um, I'm sitting there uh, at La Boulangerie at, at uh, Fig Garden Village last September having a cup of coffee with a, a dear friend of mine, Bobby Deal. And up comes a gentleman that I did not know at the time who was a confederate of Bobby's, and they have a speak, and as any good friend does with another friend, says, oh, Dwayne, you know my good friend Terry Sladek. Terry, this is Dwayne Zakin Sr. I, you can see when a guy in this case, you know, the, just the dots aren't quite connected. You know, it's like, ah, it's there. And I go, Dwayne, you probably know me as that a-hole Marine on the school board. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, well, yeah, you're that guy. Oh, yeah, keep fighting the fight, guy. We love you, Bob, and on and on. But so this has become the shtick because that connects the dots for everyone, and it's okay. <laughs> and I have uh, been on the school board now for 40 months. I've endured uh, these witches for 40 meet. I'm sorry, for, uh, for 79 meetings. So, you know, I have been some meetings before I got elected, but 79 consecutive, um, which... So high pain tolerance. Well, I've been waterboarded. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I've been waterboarded at Sears School, and, uh, you know, so... And I joined the Marines twice. So, come on, let's... let's I think we've already give, granted that, uh, that thing. And uh, none of the other trustees since I've been elected have not missed a board meeting. So I get to, to wave that in the little faces periodically. And I do uh, a lot. And, um, you know, someone has to fight for the kids and the legitimacy and versus these folks just want social justice. And I hope we have a minute at some point before we're done today to, to actually give the graphic example of what uh, equity grading, which is coming, folks. It's coming, and they want it. What it will actually look like. We can conceptually Let's, let's come back to that. Okay, but we'll come back to it because people's heads explode. So be sure to, like, wrap your, your towels around your heads before I go into that topic, uh, those listening, because when I they're like, you're smoking crack, right? It's like, no, no, this is what the equity grading will look like. So here's the important thing. Alone, you can fight a little bit, but one vote on a seven-member school board, I realize currently six because of a particular situation, you can't make a, a whole lot of difference. I can delay them. You can delay them. That's about all. And That's once in a while, you can get somebody that agrees with you, and once in a while, they see the light, and there's some common sense. And yeah. once in a while, the superintendent and I can agree on something. But but you're right. It's a delaying action. Yeah. So what we need is somebody like Andy running. So, Andy, what makes – you told me why you're running, but what makes you uniquely qualified? Well, because when my daughter entered Fresno Unified – uh, her school had been taken over by the state of California because of academic uh, ineptness. And so uh, it was one of the worst. It was the worst school in Fresno Unified. And know. that is currently there's a few schools that are in that same in that situation same, exactly. in Fresno Unified. This didn't go away. No. But this, but at the time, the state of California had too many schools uh, in, across the state to look to to fix. So they picked Fresno Unified and they picked this one school. And my daughter, upon entering it um, – my wife said, you know, I, you, you could continue working uh, uh, with your company, the Fabulous Saudi, or we're going to have to have you stop that and go into your daughter's classroom and help her, because, and help her teach her because the, the school is just totally, totally, totally inept. Um, so I did that. Um, the state of California came in and told Fresno Unified, you, your programs will not be a part of the school. Uh, you will not have a say in how money is spent. The teachers will teach their classrooms the way they want to teach them. 
They will use your textbook because that right now that's all we have. The parents were upset because the state said only reading, writing, and arithmetic. That was it. No art whatsoever. No science whatsoever. So I back to school night. I went up there and I told the parents, hey, you know, don't don't moan about it. It's time to come back to your school and help your teachers and help your children to, to grow academically and to become better teachers in a better school. So I just want to spell out a little bit of what I just heard. As a parent, you stepped up to help an entire school on your own time and on your own money, and you chose to lead. How long ago was this? 2004. 2004. So you've been in this fight longer than anybody except the president of the board who has presided over a failing district for 20 years? Not her. She's... You're talking about Jonathan Rosas. Oh, sorry. That's, yeah. She's only been here for six years. We didn't get you the most recent memo, Eric. My bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Valerie Davis is a, just a She has ceded that uh, position as president and okay. is now simply a, a trustee. Uh, although she probably won't like hearing that. And so, um, anyway, um, as I, as we had to go through two years of academic growth in order to, for the state of California to leave and get the school back to Fresno Unified. We did that. We went from a 560 API to 780. That's 20 points away from being a performing school by the state of California and being acknowledged as such. Just a second. What is API? That is the metric that is uh, uh, an acronym for something or other that the state uses to relatively grade schools. Okay. It's, called the, it's called the Academic Performance Index. Okay, that's what it is. I, that, that's why I defer to, to my colleague here. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it stands for, Academic Performance Index. And so um, the, the school was, we'd, we'd had it, we got, like I said, we came within 20 points of being uh, acknowledged by the state of being a performing school, an academically great school. The district took it back, and then all of a sudden it was, we're going to, you're not going to teach the way you want to teach. You're going to do our programs. You're going to do it the way we want it. We're going to give you training on how to do it. The parents and the were, were not very um, were taken very well by the principal, uh, who was um, very um, mean towards the, the parents, um, and so they would always come towards me and say, "Well, you know, Mr. Fabella, we would like you to we need this done, or that services aren't getting done here." And the principal didn't like that, and she came to me and she said, "You know, Andy, I'm going to have you trespass from the school because I don't, I just don't like you." And here's board policy twenty twenty two forty that says I can do that. And so um, then uh, Assistant Superintendent uh, Sue Smiths and uh, former Superintendent Michael Hansen said, look, you understand your problem. You, you wrote me a 16-page letter that says in no uncertain terms this school is screwing up and we are being that problem. He sent my daughter to Malik, which is a performing school, and the super, former Superintendent Michael Hansen said, you know, you don't impress me for fixing Slater. Because there was no place to go but up. But here's a performing school. Let's see you make a performing school better. Okay, so if I'm following this story, you stepped in in a failing school. Fixed it. Fixed it. Brought parents and then, back And then it. they didn't really like the fact that somebody else might get credit would be a fair, fair statement? The district gave me an award. Well, the district gave you an award, but the principal didn't want the you parents there. Didn't, but the principal did not want me there at all. And she didn't like me at all. Okay, so then moving on to this yeah. next stage. So the teachers loved me at, at Slater. I went on to Malik. Um, the 
and, and the teachers loved me there too. Um, and so it was like um, I went through the classrooms. I found one classroom that was empty and it had tons of science equipment in there that was being unused. I talked to the teachers and they said, well, we haven't been trained to use these science equipment. I had a brother who was just retired from Fresno High as a biology teacher for 30 years. And I asked him, are you doing anything? And he said, no. And I said, why don't you help us train these teachers? We created a science lab using the equipment that was unused by Fresno Unified, science tables and, and the cabinets and such. We created a science lab. And all of a sudden, the API for science at that school, which was at 27% um, proficiency, went up to uh, 57%. In just one semester. Well, so the important part of this is rather than dealing with the establishment, you almost took an American route where you used innovation and your own hard work. Yes, sir. To go in and change what's going on. Yeah. Why doesn't Fresno Unified keep programs like this? This this should have been a pilot program and a beacon of hope. Right. Do you have any idea? I, I can't speak to 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8. I okay. was I was I was the typical parent at that point. I was extremely uh, unengaged, and then obviously 2006, I went away for for six years. Um, but what I can say about now is is really because we aren't here now is everything comes from the board. The board drives policy. This board wants everyone to be a social justice warrior, and it doesn't matter that that's at the expense as 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 Andrew Fabella my dear colleague has is clearly you know put out there let's get back to the basics reading writing and arithmetic once we're trying to do these things I, I speak to parents almost nightly if not nightly and I go hey would you like Johnny and Susie to be the most the most savvy social justice warriors in the world when they're 25 and living under a bridge or would you like them to be really good at reading writing and arithmetic and be making a hundred thousand dollars pick one and when you put it to them that way, like, wow, this is broken, isn't it? Even $50,000. Yeah. Even fifty, even 40000 yeah. Even a real job but not living under a bridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or and, in jail. And the, problem, the problem is that, is that mo- the board members that I've been through since 2004 have been pretty much uh, bobbleheads. Uh, whatever, the, the print, the, whatever, the, whatever the superintendent, whoever he might be, puts before them, they're simply going to go along with it. Okay? They may ask some questions, of course. You know, just some to not look inept as a school board, but the bottom line is they're going to approve it. So they're not leading, really no. leading policy. No. Aside from the school board, aside from their one focus, right? Which seems to be, and I've been to now seven school board meetings in Fresno. Spoke at seven, and every single one of them, you hear equity, 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 equity. Oh, but did I, did I mention equity? Yeah. And nothing about equality of opportunity. Nothing about fixing the fact that the kids can't read. Right. Nothing about it. It's always, we're building this new building. These AP kids are doing good. And don't, 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 don't talk about all those problems because they don't exist. And we're making, and we're going to, and we're going to make a little movie clip of one student who got an award from the state. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but they don't, they don't talk about, when they have the what's called building futures, they're met their newspaper, and it talks about all these wonderful programs uh, that the district is offering, and they're they're great. But the problem is that 
you have to, when you're in high school, you have to be at grade level in order to have those, those uh, different uh, programs benefit you. When, when kids go into high school, they're at a sixth grade reading level or a fourth grade math level. And so it's like, well, you're not going to be able to benefit completely from them um, or even enter into most of them. Um, and so it's like, so, so they're not, you know, so it's great to have all these programs. I look further into that newspaper and I don't see one program that talks about this is how we're going to help students who are not doing well in school. Well, here is another program that we're going to use to help students who are not reading well. Well, but wouldn't that be the majority? Since uh, Yes. I, w- I would think my focus would be not so much on different CTE programs, but on the basics, which would be let's target the elementary school kids who are having difficulty understanding and reading and writing and mathematics. So approximately 20% of the schools doing relatively well? 15% at AP and some kids that are close to that and the rest are struggling? Is that fair? If you're talking about the aggregate, that's a very fair amount. Yeah. It, it, in Northwest Fresno, it's 17%. In some, it's 21%. But if you're talking about across the district, that's, that's an outstanding thing. I, I, I often say that that March 13th that changed our lives a couple of years ago, um, we could have taken the AP kids, the advanced placement kids, and locked them in a cave with a bunch of beef jerky, Gatorade, and a paper Encyclopedia Britannica, and they'd come out smarter. Mm-hmm. Okay, but sadly, we didn't do that, and and you know they they did not suffer. Let's let's be clear. But the other that's that's seventeen percent in Northwest Fresno, but the other eighty three percent have gone backwards two years. And what what is shocking is that when I was looking through um, the uh, placement or the the testing that they do in the, in the beginning of the year, I think it was I ID I ready I ready. And I was looking for, and I visited Design Science, which is probably the best school in the district. Uh, and it's located at Fresno City College. These kids are brighter than heck. And I mean, I was watching some of these kids, and they were doing calculus, which I love. When you look at their iReady statistics, only 47% of those students will have the ability or are ready to go into this upcoming years uh, and do their work. Only 47%. We're at I ready. We're at proficiency level to go on to do work uh, at at high school and college level that they're done to do. So what you're telling me is the best of the students still are not where we would want them want to be, them to and be. that's the best of them. And that's so the that means one. everybody else is struggling right. much more. The, the elementary schools in Area Five, Wilson, Slater, uh, Roding, uh, so forth, all the way to Hamilton, Fresno High, they average between six point five percent of kids that are at proficiency level and are ready to go on. To this, to their grade school level of, of work, they average between six point five and I think at the most fourteen percent of those school, of those kids. Okay, so that's a scary thought. Uh, I have a quote that I kind of thought went with this because really, it, the information we're putting out it, it fits. The truth is like a lion; just let it loose and it will defend itself. And that is a quote from Saint Augustine. Mm-hmm. Folks, you need to hear this truth. You need to understand it, and then you need to del- to be yelling from the rooftops. This is not acceptable. We have to change what's happening here. Yeah, one of the one of the things I, I was talking to uh, people about is when I'm going door to door, is um, is I plan to I have retired teachers who I know are exceptional teachers, and we plan to do a an audit of primarily the the teachers on staff. We want to know how well they are to teach, how good they are. And, we, and especially, and I have two uh, retired um, principals who are going to uh, go over the, the, to the different principals of the schools in my area. 
and we're going to see just how knowledgeable they are in the different programs and different laws that uh, that apply to our students. And if they aren't that um, knowledgeable in them, well, then that's where kids start falling through the cracks. You know, uh, IDA laws, uh, uh, in, in, uh, disability laws, uh, Title One laws, and so forth. So, you know, if you don't know those laws, then you, they're not going to be applying them to the kids correctly. Okay. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, I'd like to go ahead and bring up, this is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXCX, the best talk in town. Today, I am joined by Major Terry Sladek, former U.S. Marine. No, retired, because... Former would mean that I could still go back to uh, Ukraine right now and get in the fight, yeah. and, and I don't have the knees for it anymore. But exactly. When, when, when the Russians come here, however, I will engage. Yeah. Okay. okay. So he's a school board member for Fresno, and we've got also, I'm joined by An- Andrew Fabella, and he is running for the Fresno High seat in the Fresno Unified School District. Area 5. Area 5. Yeah. So you need to remember this name. By the way, there's an event tonight where you can see all four of the candidates running for that area for five that area. seat. And they'll be inter- they'll be interviewed on GV Wire on the Facebook on okay. their Facebook page. And I believe GV Wire also has a website. Yes, they do as well. Okay, so you can find GV Wire. You can compare the four candidates. You can submit uh, questions uh, online uh, to uh, to have asked of the. Uh, of the candidates. So here's a way to get involved. Yes. It's not that hard. You don't even have to get off your butt. You nope. just have to submit a question. Yeah. So that's important. But let's go ahead and deal with this social justice equity grading idea that's coming. We have a school board that apparently wants it. They desperately want it. And they're, they're in the process. Every board meeting, if you, if you really were a wonk, and I am not a wonk, and you study, there's A agenda, B agenda, C agenda items. You'll see in the A agenda items, which are passed with a yay or nay, um, you'll see um, uh, approved changes to board bylaws in virtually yeah. every meeting. Everyone. And there's you know, 10, 20, 30 pages of, of changing, and the fundamental changes of my 40, uh, me- uh, 40 months on the board is in all the voluminous rules of, of running the school district changing the word equality for the word equity and so many people are walking around going well they sound kind of the same well just like a sheepdog and a wolf are kind of sort of the same but we're going to get into the equity thing um i i i must though please you can kick me eric if you want but something i want to give superintendent nelson a backhanded truly backhanded compliment on how we've had this environment be able to persist through his tenure of these five plus years is the superintendent and the two board officers have uh, agenda control. And due to, Andy is, a, is far more expert than me on the Brown Act and all these mm-hmm. things. Okay, and, and this came up in Steve Fogg, the, the Clovis Unified board member, had that town hall meeting last Thursday. And you know, so many people in that room, God bless them for all being there, but so many people have virtually no idea of, of how meetings are conducted or, or the, the legal responsibilities of a board. Okay? I would say more than that, at that meeting they didn't care. <laughs> Nor, in fact, they don't know, nor do they care. They just right. want a now. Again, and that's fine. Show your passion. There's no substitute for it. And I love that crowd. I, I was there as were you. But when I, when I point out to folks in this, you know, 
Nelson and the two board officers have uh, agenda control, meaning we can't speak on something that is not on the agenda. Yes, you can have your board superintendent communications, which, of course, this board president has now taken no away from us. Exists. So, so yeah. that was the only way to get stuff slid in on the side if it wasn't on the agenda. But now we, we can't even do that because of uh, Trustee Jonathan Rosa Chavez from Roosevelt saying it's a safety hazard to have board superintendent communications. Okay, sure. And the monkeys will fly out of my you know what. Um, is that a Brown Act violation? No, the no. lawyer, the lawyers have given a the, no. The lawyers have given a uh, thing with, that we're not even allowed as legally re- represented uh, uh, elected people, the uh, representatives of the people, to to speak on their behalf. I mean, my head exploded with that one too, but I, I stuffed the gray matter back in. Yeah, the the Brown Act protects the public, right? Uh, not the board. So 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 Nelson it was has been the master, and this came out last year of making sure that the unsensitive stuff or the sensitive stuff never gets on the agenda, which never allows. And I'm not even talking in an open session in closed session. There's still an agenda. So even when we're locked behind doors, um, we can't even go, Hey Bob, you know, that was really stupid. Right. And you're not gonna do it again. We, we can't do that. Now I could do that one-on-one with his office, but it's not the same as having it in front of the board. So they've, the, so these board officers over my years on the board have made sure you know, or allowed him to get away with making sure nothing delicate has gotten on the agenda for us to have public comments on, much less private comments. And, you know, and I'm like, on one level, it's Machiavellian. On another level, it's completely wrong. This is not your company, Bob. This is the kids. But wouldn't that also, because he doesn't seem to want any controversy. He was interviewed recently um, with Larry Powell, and it was like two guys hanging out, and they were buddies. And I didn't think there was a single difficult question asked in that hour. Bob is a masterful politician, isn't he? That's just a great way to yeah. put that. And Larry Powell made no effort, really. No. And I, and no. I like Larry. I and like, I, I've and listened I like to Larry. Larry's show numerous I, times. I like Larry. No. They're it no, was painful to make it through this whole show. Right. Yeah. It's like they're two nice guys. What, what are two nice guys going to do? They're going to be nice to each other. Well, yeah. And I heard it also, Eric. What, yes, no. but nice guys can still ask tough questions. Well, no, not there. I mean, Eric, can we call that the boxers or briefs interview? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, come on, Larry. You can do better than that, bud. You're a wrestler. Come on. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but Bob, Bob is going to be, he is the master of wax on, wax off. I mean, I, I've never seen, but again, I appreciate it. It's politically savvy as all get out. But it's not all about the kids. But that seems to be a whole lot of the problem. Not all about the kids. It's about whatever agenda they have or getting paid ridiculous money. Ridiculous money. Exactly. You know, if if the superintendent gets paid more than the president of the United States, more than the mayor, and then there's a whole bunch of people that are assistant superintendents that get paid more than the mayor of Fresno. Eric... It's just, Eric, we have 500 employees at Fresno Unified that get paid more than Mayor Dyer. I knew that, but I wanted me to not say it. I wanted somebody else to say it. 500. Get your mind around that city of Fresno. Okay, we have 10,000 employees, largest employer north of the grapevine. All right. The most public figure that represents this valley is arguably Mayor Jerry Dyer. We have 500 people that get paid more than, than, than him. And you can't name six of them. And you're an involved guy. I'm an involved guy, and I don't think I can get beyond two. Right. It's like, folks, where's the accountability? Well, technically it's to the board, but the board wants equity instead of equality and critical race theory and social justice. So if this man got elected 
and Andrew, I kind of hope you do. Yep. Um, how can you make a difference then? I realize that's still not enough on the board, but. Well, what I, what I plan to do is I plan to, of course, ask questions of my, of my assistant superintendents and the staff. But what I also plan to do is go to my, each of my schools on a monthly basis, and I'm going to report to the parents uh, who do not go to the board meetings. And I'm going to let them say, hey, here's what's happening to your, here's what's happening to your kids in your school. Um, and if you like that, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to order my principals to put the board meeting, stream it online in the cafeterias. That way everybody can see it, and then hopefully there'll be more awareness, and they'll start coming downtown and make their, and make their voices heard. But at the very least, I'm going to have, make sure that my parents know that this is what's going on, that what happened at this school board meeting and, and, what, and what came about here it is. I'm going to have it Xerox for you, all the information, and here it goes. So you're essentially going to have at least a newsletter. Exactly. They're going to know about it whether they want to or not. This is what's going to happen. Information is power, and I'm going to give you that power. But and that comes back to my quote. Yes. About the truth being but the set truth, forth. Yeah. The truth will set you free, or it'll make you really upset. You know. Okay, but I think part of the process of changing this whole dis- district is people are going to have to Hear the truth. Right. It's going to make them upset if they're rational people, well, and that's going to move them to action. Well, that was a, well, that's what happened at, at, at Slater. Uh, you, you, I told them the God's honest truth. You guys were lazy. You're apathetic. You, for five years, you didn't do anything to help your kids. You had poor grades. And well, guess what? Now everything you thought was going to happen for your kids is gone. You know, now you have to come back. You have to take charge of your school. You have to work with the district. And fix it. So they're going to, all these other schools are going to get that same lesson. And I'm going to give it to them. And I'm going to say, look, you're going to vote me in. That's going to be great. Okay. But we're all going to learn. Okay. What is wrong with this district? Well, I think one of the most important things is the idea that those aren't the school's kids. Those are some parents' kids. Right. And the biggest single factor in a kid's success is not which school. Not even which teacher, though I, I get that for a lot of teachers it's a calling and there are a lot of great teachers. I'm not trying to take on teachers. Of course, there's a few that are woke. Of course, there's a few that are not good teachers. I had a few in school. But well, the vast majority of them, they're there because they care. But right. if the leadership at the top is not allowing them to use their creativity and their abilities and supporting them in that, are they going to be the same level of teacher? Well, and that's what I'm going to bring. And that's what I'm going to bring forth to the parents. I'm going to say, look, these are the programs that are being forced upon your teachers. Come to your classrooms for a little while and see how they look to you. Ask your child if he is understanding what's going on in your classroom. If he's not, then obviously these programs are not working. Come to a school board meeting when they're making the budget out and say, they, when they want to say, we want to refinance this program or this kind of training to teachers. You can go up there and ask them, did it work last year? No. The year before? No. The year before? No. Well, what do they call that? They call that insanity. Okay. Now, here was a school way back when where the teachers were allowed to teach. How to teach? Because they knew their classrooms. Every classroom is different 
just as every school is different, the, the makeup of the population, the teachers and how good they are, how many English learners you have and special education kids you have in there, every school is unique. And so that's why you have to allow teachers to teach on an individual basis their own way because they know their classrooms the best. But that's not socialism. No. No. Er, Eric, no. your awesome quote from, it was St. Thomas Aquinas? Uh, St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Um, that's where we, we aspire to go, and that's what will get us there. Unfortunately, why Fresno Unified is what it is, is the counter to that, is a, a vile human being that I know you're literate uh, about in the 20th century named Goebbels said, any lie told often enough and loud enough becomes the truth. Mm-hmm. And so this Fresno Unified you know, board, whether it's sins of omission or commission, and the superintendent, everything's great. It's kittens and unicorns every day. Nine flavors of ice cream. Bob, it's not. Trustees, it's not. Do you really want to emulate any lie told out loud enough and often enough it comes the truth? Yeah. That is a sad commentary. But, yeah, but because the truth, there's a culture where there's no accountability. Right. You can say anything, you, but you can say it loud enough and often enough, and it becomes the truth. I've been to Rotary meetings as a guest. I'm not a Rotarian, but dear friends of mine are. And they have me there when Nelson is speaking at Rotary. And they have me there as the truth detector. Okay, and I will be sitting there, and he knows I'm sitting 25 feet right in front of him, and my buddies are at the table, lifelong buddies like my dear friend Dave Haddon, retired county coroner. And they're like, all right, when he's saying stuff that's full of crap, you know, nudge us. And, and, and I do. Because he leaves a Rotary meeting, does his 25-minute talk, and everybody in that room is going, my God, this is one of the greatest school districts in history. They're like, great job, Scott. I'm like, it's really not. Thank you anyway, but it's it's not. We're broken. Well, if you're broken, with one one more vote of sanity. I look at different than one more vote. I look at it as a 100% increase. Yeah. <laughs> I look at it as, a, as, an extra, as an extra microphone that will go out to an extra portion of Fresno Unified and say, look, take a look, tell your friends. And they can tell their friends who live in the different areas that those other trustees live in and say, is this what you want? Go to your schools. Okay, go to schools in area three or area two, one or four. Go check it out. Okay, how are those schools doing? How are your kids doing? It's just another, just another, another uh, person to say, not to say, just to sound off, but to show facts and to show to people, we need your help if you want a better life for your children. That's really important, but there's one problem right now. My understanding is parents are really not allowed on campus. Well, so how do parents help? They're not really. They're not allowed. They're not allowed. Oh, yeah. it's it's it's. So it's how do you changed. change that? Well, um, if today we can't change it because we have no power on the board, what we'd be remiss not to to really hammer here is is Andrew Fabella, my 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 dear friend, getting elected. Yeah, that's a hundred percent increase. We go from one to two, but let's be clear. There's four seats up in November, four other seats up in November, and there's there's great people who want accountability in the school system running for each of them. And the, and the people I've been talking to, and they're asking me, what is so important about this election? I've told them this is very important. This is going to affect your children because come November, uh, if you're going to have that, if you want, if people, other people want that same apathy, then you're going to get it whether you want it or not. And that's going to be up to you now. 
to go out to those other areas and be the Christ, you might say, and say, this is not working. Those people you see in those seats are not going to get you where you want to go. And the people who are running, at the very least, the people in my area and in, and in uh, Mr. Slanik's area will be able to say, you know, at the very least, change has got to be better than apt than than uh, status quo. You know, so. Well, I think that COVID has has been horrible tyranny, but it has provided tremendous insight into what's happening in the schools because all of a sudden parents could watch in as a current a kid logged on mm-hmm. or in many cases didn't log on but it also gave us tremendous insight as to who who schools seem to believe are in charge of and in control of the kids mm-hmm. they've totally overstepped their bounds well i um some folks t- uh, texted or emailed me the other day and uh, i'd met them and i guess mr slanik is taking care of them but they asked me if I could look up something for them that would give them some ammunition when they went to help their child at school. And I went to the Ed Code, and I found about three three education codes uh, that says students have a right to be in their child's classroom, helping their child in their education. If a school takes a child out of a classroom and puts them someplace else, okay, that school is now required to provide an instructor, okay, because you have now, let's say you take a, co- a student out of a classroom and put them in the cafeteria. So that could be because of behavior, that could be... Whatever in, it is. Or in the current... Or, or just it because, could be because they did chose be, not to wear a mask. Because they don't want to... That's exactly. where we're at right and now. That's where we're at right now. Then the school made that decision. So the school must, by law, accommodate them and say, okay, you, education can't cannot suffer. So, and also safety... So it says you take him out of that classroom, you put him in the cafeteria, you can't leave him there by himself. He must have a credentialed teacher with him. Well, we've got by all these super t- superintendents that are making big money. Yeah. And don't, as far as I can tell, don't seem to do a whole lot. So Yeah, so send them down there. But I mean, but, but, the law, but the law actually states in, in writing, I mean, it's 48850, I think it's about 488, 488, I can't remember, but it was, I don't know my phone. Doesn't matter. But you told me to turn it off, so. Move on. Um, but it says there's another law that says that you, you have to, you cannot use other, uh, a, a, para, a paraprofessional. It said you cannot use a paraprofessional to oversee, over, to have oversight over a student uh, who was, in a, uh, was not in a classroom. So you have to have a credential teacher. So when the school district says we're not going to provide one for you, well, that's, you're breaking the law. You know? And so you know, that's just a bullet for them to say, well, if you're not going to do that, so parents need to know their rights. They need to know their rights and say, look, you doing this to my child, don't try and bully me. Don't You're bullying my son. I'm not going to let that happen either. Don't bully me. I got the law on my side. The law says you have to do this. If you're going to treat my son like this, then you better make sure that my son continues his education and then does not suffer. We're starting to wind down. Terry, why are you hopeful that all this can change? If it's ever going to change, Eric and Andrew and, and families, there's never been a time when we have had as many parents engage in this district, and that's simply because it's been thrown in their face innumerable times over two years, as you clearly said, that it's right there on their kitchen table, that there's no teaching going on, and there's no learning going on. And in, in, in the vast majority of these things during distance learning, distance learning is, is, is an oxymoron. Yeah. Okay? It's only the kids that really have the support at home, and the motivation themselves, Absolutely. where right. where 
remote right. learning works. I mean, I've been, I spent yeah. time in, in so many families' kitchens watching that end of the distance learning, and I'm watching all of these pink unicorn memes on that screen of that uh, particular platform we were using. You have no idea. This teacher had no legitimate idea if there was a human being in any way attached to that pink Behind unicorn that meme. Yeah. There's, there's no way. And, That's right. They got to choose their meme. Right. Well, they got to yeah. choose their meme. And, 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 and most teachers, in my experience, uh, uh, made them or, or did not want them to have their face on there because they that way they could see if they were dirty or beaten or something like this. So, I mean, we, we violated more doggone rules in terms of the, um, um, what's it called, the uh, teachers have to report, Andy? Oh, um Mandated reporting. Mandated reporting, yeah. Okay, so so we violated more laws, and, and teachers lost so much moral high ground with me on, oh, goodness, if I uh, say that little Johnny has a black eye today, then I'm going to be the one that the uncle comes after, so I'm not going to report it. You guys really blew that one, and you know it. So, Andy, why are you hopeful? Uh, obviously, you've termin- you've invested tremendous time already in the school district. Yeah, I've, with my own money, I've invested over $4,000 of my own money into this collection and um and it's it's because well one thing uh i've seen that it can work i've seen through my own hands and through my own eyes that schools can be fixed and but only if teachers are given uh the respect that they need to have and the trust they need to have to to teach their children the districts are a monopoly they're a, a big government, and they think that an umbrella can fix everything. For me, it's just going to be like all you have satellite schools with satellite communities, and only those communities are going to be able to fix the district as a whole. And so that's why we have to concentrate our, our, our objectives to individually fit each of our schools. And if we can't do that, then maybe... What happened back in 2012 when we were talking about splitting up Fresno Unified, maybe that has to take place because it's too huge of a district to manage. Well, that's kind of like the grassroots. Or there's a parable about a priest that wanted to change the world. Mm -hmm. And he'd fought all his life. And as an old man, he realized if he changed himself, then he could have changed his family. His family could have helped change his neighborhood, change his community. His, that community could have changed the state and on and on to the, finally to the world. You're talking about changing individual schools, and I do think that that is an important step, but you have to have leadership at the top. You must. You must yeah. have it, yes. You must have it. Nature well, pours the vacuum. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a better one than that. And we're, okay. we're limited time. It's from Escalese, and I've told this to the board, and it goes like this. He who learns must suffer, and even in our sleep, pain that cannot forget drips drop by drop upon the heart. And again, and in our despair, against our will, comes wisdom to us by the awful grace of God. And the thing is, we have learned that our district is broken, and, we are, and it's falling upon our heart drop by drop, and we just refuse to, to, to fix it. We refuse to understand it. God is going to come down. That wisdom is going to come crashing down on us, and it's going to be the most decimating thing you ever want to see. Well, we're down to about a minute. 30 seconds and 30 seconds of final thoughts. So it's got to be brief. 
uh, equity grading is, is coming briefly. It, it's going to look like this, folks. If, if little Susie or little Johnny is from a single-parent household, they instead of starting at zero, going to 90 for an A, they get 15 points. If they have an English second language household, in addition to a single-parent household, they start at 30, going to 90 for an A. If they are below $28,000 a year of household income, they start at 45, going to an A. So remember, we have 75% of our families have household incomes of 28 or less. Every kid in most of these households will start at 15% versus kids who don't meet those criteria will start at zero, going to 90 for an A. That's equity grading, folks, and it's coming. You got even less time, Andy. About twenty seconds. You think, little less. You think equity? Well, when when the school districts are doing were doing badly, they turned to grading on a curve, and that helped to uh, elevate uh, their their um, their grade levels. And now you're going to have this new grading type of system, and that's going to be killer. Well, I thank you both. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on fifteen fifty KXEX, the best talk in town.